0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media. The
1: lighting is over. Yes. It goes dark, then it goes bright, then it goes
0: dark. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the episode, hope you subscribe to the full series. Uh, You do that, I give you three new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To keep you up to date with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at all the usual places including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, Just recently, let's see, some of my guests I've had on include Tommy Stinson of The Replacements, Jerry Harrison of The Talking Heads. We had Adina Menzel, Barry Manilow, The Hives. The filmmakers behind the uh, movies Heart of Stone, They Clone Tyrone, and Landscape with Invisible Hand. Also recently talked with Madison Beer, Fosia, Bethany Casentino, and we had the 800th episode special uh, that featured uh, Josh Hami of Queens of the Stone Age, Janelle Monet, Keanu Reeves and Dogstar, uh, Suki Waterhouse, Rob Lowe, Monica Bellucci, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm talking with Westlife. That's right. Uh, Nikki, Kian, Mark, Shane, they're all here. And we're going to talk about their very first North American tour. Yes, they have been a band for 25 years. Yes, they were parts of the boy band explosion of the late 90s. No, they never have done a proper North American tour, but that is ending uh, around St. Patrick's Day. They're doing uh, some uh, select dates around there, and most of the shows sold out immediately, even before the general sale went on. It was just the pre-sale stuff, immediate sell. So the hunger for Westlife in America, still there, still going strong. We're going to be talking uh, all about that. I'll get their reaction uh, Well, to having those dates immediately sell out. Uh, They're going to talk about the advice that Simon Cowell gave them early on, how their latest album, Wild Dreams, finds them getting back to a pure pop music sound. Uh, We'll also hear what it's like to work with younger songwriters who, who talk about having grown up on their music, uh, the massive success that covering You Raise Me Up afforded them, uh, finding a nice uh, Billy Joel vibe on their uh, new song Magic, or song on their latest album, Wild Dreams. And I'll also ask what they see in K-pop and current pop trends, uh, having been, uh, you know, in, in that genre for a quarter of a century. It's all that and more. It's Kyle and Meredith with Westlife. Hey, Kyle. It's good to be on the show, Kyle let me first say the the outstanding music that you put out you through your career has only gotten better uh you did the record a few years ago called wild dreams and but but you've never made it to an american tour and that's changing next year in march some shows already sold out first off hi but also what took so long y'all we've been here (laughs) that's the question we keep on getting um i don't know it's strange
2: because i don't know like it's almost happening and we didn't even, not that we didn't mean it or that there wasn't effort put into it, but it's kind of happening. we had no idea that the gigs were going to sell out and there's going to be more gigs put on. And um, there's just, on top of regards of ticket sales, there just seems to be a very good vibe. It's like uh, just tapped into something new almost, you know. Um, when we first came here 20-whatever years ago in 1999, we were thinking, you know, how can we convince the entire American public to... You know, like Westlife and become fans. But what we're realizing is that there's a lot of people in America, which, because it's a country that people move to and work in. So there's lots of people from other countries, you know, expats um, that maybe from a country where they grew up that Westlife is known. And so you've got a lot of Irish people, you've got a lot of um, Asian people, say from the Philippines, uh, there's Chinese people, you know, all sorts of people from all over the world. And so it's sort of like a, might be a bit of a sidestep but you know it's a it's a really cool thing because there's thousands of people that want to come and see our gigs in all these cities and so you know we're happy to fill out the gigs and set out the gigs and whoever wants to come is welcome
0: well it is and and to see those shows I mean that that must have been something like it's finally happening we're finally booking them and just sold out sold out sold out right away like I don't know if you can (laughs) you probably can't predict that I'm sure you're hopeful of that
3: you can no, predict there, it, though. No. There was no, as Mark said, there was no, like, we didn't have a temperature on the ground of what the, the demand for a Westlife show would be. But, and Mark's right, you know, all he, he only selected a couple of countries, but you've also got, we were quite successful in Mexico. We were so, quite successful in Brazil and Argentina. So, you know, a lot of the people who supported us when they were very young have grown up and moved and are working in the States or Canada or whatever. Uh, and then equally, our first record here sold half a million in the round so there is a small 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 pocket of American fans that like pop music and I guess European style pop music as well and so we didn't know would we sell when we put on the likes of Radio City Music Hall in New York was that going to sell the capacity of 6,100 or was it going to sell six and that was and that was a big risk and I remember on the morning we went on sale like we were all on WhatsApp and we're you know, we're in Twitter, manager. We're going. You know, with the emoji, with the eye like this going. Well, is it abysmal? Is it a hundred tickets? Is it none? Is it? And we just the result was like bang, bang. Boston sold out. New York sold out. You know, Canada. We need to add more. Chicago. And then all of a sudden, we're like, well, you know, that's amazing. Like, you know, twenty years plus into the band, yeah. we're still, I, I guess, breaking new ground. And that's made me personally, and I know it's the same for the lads, more excited than ever um that, you know, I don't know what it is we do, but we're able to kind of venture into these new territories and have fun. And, and uh, you know, life's for living, you know, where you don't get any younger. So take the risks, you know, drink the coffee, you know, have fun. And, and we've done that. We've we gambled. It's paid off. We're, we're really excited.
0: I, I will say that um, uh, I, I say this tongue in cheek, a little surprise that you guys picked. You know, to base this around St. Patrick's Day because I figured you guys would hate us for what we've done to that that holiday. <laughs> it's not St. Patty's Day, by the way. It's St. Patrick's Day. Right, but yeah, we've we've just made that an abomination. So if you're coming to take it back, I completely yes, I understand. <laughs> it's how it's done. Uh, it We're here
3: to embrace it.
0: And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice. It affects my mood. It affects everything. And I feel like I've tried, every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Westlife. There was a quote that you guys said, uh, in uh, somebody said in in 2018, that we won't step away from this until we've managed to tour the whole world. And that really does seem like it's been like, I mean, not that I'm asking you to step away from this ever again, please don't. But it it does seem like that's been sort of the one prime directive.
1: Like I think social media has kind of opened our eyes to, how many countries we've been successful in. You know, when when we announce new dates in different countries around the world, all we get is a flurry of comments underneath going, please come here, please come here, please come here, which is incredible. you know. And I think um, for us as a band, I suppose, throughout our career, we always thought that we were only successful in certain pockets of the world. But what we haven't realized is how much it's spread. I mean, even when we came to New York this week, uh, we were walking down the street and somebody's putting their window down and going, oh, my God, it's Westlife. And we were like, "Hold on, that was an American accent. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, wasn't exactly. an Irish accent oh, or an English accent, you know. So I think <laughs> like we can have St. Patrick's. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, I think it is hard for us to read and hard for us to gauge because I suppose things have changed so much in the music industry before it was based on record sales. And now that's kind of changed a lot, you know, because people are, are streaming music and they're watching YouTube more so than buying records and uh, it's it You know, interestingly enough, somebody showed us a, st- a statistic recently of our YouTube page, and it was like 35% of people that watch our YouTube page on a regular basis were Americans. So things like that, you kind of go, wow. how is yeah. that happening? You know, so, so we're doing the Rose Bowl in California next year. So we don't know how many nights we could do in Radio City because we've, Put on one, it's sold out. You know, Canada, we put on one, we're now on three. You know, so it's kind of like, and the problem that we have now is there's no dates available for us to add shows on. So we're a little bit frustrated with that. But, you know.
4: The venues, yeah.
1: Yeah, the venues are all already taken up. So look, it's a a great position to be in. We're we're delighted to be doing it. And, you know, as we said in our comment, we really do want to reach parts of the world that we've never been to or parts of the world that we didn't realize we had success in. You know, Simon Cowell
3: said to us, because we were with him for, you know, 20 odd years or whatever in the first part of our career, he signed us as teenagers. And I, he used to say to us in his office, guys, there are no rules. And, and we never fully understood what he meant. How, how did he say it again? Guys, there are no rules. And you know what? <laughs> he's so oh, sorry. this way. Yeah, sorry. And, But you know what? Now, now at 44 years of age, we kind of understand what he means. You know, sitting here going, yeah, there are no rules, you know. Don't listen to, or don't kind of just follow the trend, you know. Like I said earlier, drink the
4: coffee, buy the shoes, enjoy yourself, you know. Wear the hoodie. Wear the hoodie.
1: I don't coffee. Well, but, drink I, but, the beer. It's
4: also like don't be afraid to take risks, you know. Like because it was a risk, maybe. You if know, you spit on the fence, I, you'll get splinters. And you know? shows, and you'd never know unless we did it, you know. And and I think you know we we did a show in Mexico like recently, and it was the first time we've been there in like 19 years. Um, and it was a big festival. It was like 50 odd thousand people at it and literally they were all singing every word every single person in there So it was just kind of I suppose breaking new boundaries and and not being afraid to to take risks like we said And this risk has definitely worked out.
0: Well, and and, and to compliment you. I mean people are finding you Still because of the music. I mean the music is the bottom line, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You put out an excellent record, which is what now just a couple of years old with uh, with yeah. wild dreams and you know, go, listening to that, and, and especially listening to it even more this week as I was thinking about this interview, I understand the time it came from. Obviously, it's where a lot of albums sort of came from during the you know lockdown pandemic and all that. But hearing it sort of in this context, do you all get the feeling as I listen to it anyway, that's uh, what I took from it, that a lot of the album is is almost, it's not nostalgic, but it's almost like trying to get back to something. Trying to get back to pop, yeah, just just pure
4: pop pop music you know that's what i suppose back in the day you know we were a boy band like but we were a pop group and we love pop music um and i think wild dreams is very much like that i think hello my love is very much like that um but there's obviously you got to try and have a i suppose an edge to it too and try and develop and, and grow with your music but you know our fans love obviously you know the hits they love the catalog they love the 20 years of, of songs that are now becoming Nearly timeless in a in a way some of our songs because they're they're memories for people. Every night we sing these shows, you know, they want to hear the hits, they want to hear the memories because they remember where they were when they listened to that song first. And and somebody asked us earlier on today, why don't you you know you don't change your songs too much when you perform them live? Um, why is that? It's it's because people love the songs the way they were.
1: People will give out if we do.
4: <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, yeah it is it's memories for people and and I
0: kind of think you know pop music will always be popular music you know with with these songs you know and, and I know so many of them do start with with you all writing them but you know as you work with other songwriters uh as well do you find then that there's uh, like how do you still get to the west life thing you know when you're working with these other songwriters who are newer generations than you worked with before you know and and you know you mentioned hello my love and we're talking about Ed Sheeran there you've also got Stephen from uh, Codeline on here who, who I've had on this series like like when you're working with this newer generation, is there still a need for it to be Westlife?
3: Well, you know, well, yeah, I
0: mean, we, you know, it's
3: always going to be Westlife, but some of the guys you've mentioned, whether it's Stephen Codeline or um, the picture of this guys or anything, all these people are younger than us and grew up when we were having our major success. So I know we all found when we were in the different writing rooms and Zooms, because it was during COVID, the pandemic, and when we spoke about Westlife you know they all had their different kind of ideas of what Westlife you know was or needs to be or where it evolves to and all of those guys would be like the big Westlife balls flying that wings swear it again you know those big songs and then World of Rome the temples, or when you're looking like that and again those guys were in school or college or well school and we were you know kind of college years and they had those memories and but again it's part of the I guess the first answer of evolving and um, we did more writing on this album, on that World Dreams
4: album than we probably have ever done. Um But I think the voice was too, good. It was the, mo- the most thing that comes back to you said, how do you get it to sound like Westlife? You know, it always comes back to the voices, you know, that we we, yeah. we love to sing together. We love we have a sound. Um it's different to anyone else, obviously, and it's it's Westlife and it will always be Westlife And no matter what song we sing, we can turn it into a Westlife song. Um, but you know, again, it has to be a great song, and that's the great ones are the ones that stand
0: out then. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with West Life, and to speak on some of those great songs too. I mean, uh, Lifeline. Uh, you know, one of the personal favorites that I've had off this one. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at my list over here, just the notes that I took. I mean, Alive. Nikki, did you write? You wrote that one, right? That one yeah, with a couple of guys from
3: Picture This, the Irish band, as well. Yeah, and again, that that song. Um, the chorus in that song, if you listen to the lyrics, it's completely about the world coming back, the way you know, having everybody been locked up for so long. Uh, Lifeline, the boys, Shane and wrote. did you guys write that one? Mm-hmm.
4: Amy Wedge.
3: With Amy Wedge. And, and again, great track. Um, and I think we, we possibly could have done more, you know, but we were all in separate places at that time as well. So it was a, that was a challenging was, time for the band, tricky. if you want the truth, because we were never album. together. It was tricky, yeah, it was a tricky um, album to make. It's not an album, I think that or the the, the the making of that album is not a time that I think we'd all want to revisit any time soon. That doesn't mean we all can't, you know, get in and do um in future when we do write again or do decide to do an album again, and um, we can we can look at those avenues. But we're we're actually approaching our twenty-fifth anniversary at some point uh of Swear It Again, Flying the Wings, Touring, all the major things. And I guess that's a big time when we could look at well, the next evolution. What's the next career record? I mean, through the years, we've had songs like, you know, we covered You Raise Me Up, which is obviously an Irish written song that Josh Corbin made huge. That Then we had major success around the world with, you know, we number one album in the UK, Australia, everywhere with that song. And it's probably one of our most career defining songs um, and brings tears to people's eyes uh, when we sing it because for everything. I mean, you know, what the, the lyrics mean. I mean, even some of us have lost parents. And and that song resonates with us now more than ever uh, when you put yourself through through or when you go through those times. Um, so yeah, lots of different times for Westlife. But in time, when we decide to do an album again, whatever that is, we'll start to uh, to look at all those avenues again.
0: That'd be exciting too. And I I also want to bring up Magic, by the way, is one of the most fun songs. On the record. I imagine that's probably a great live moment if you guys are doing that one, because it feels well, actually, like
2: it would be. Magic was was written for the album before that, Spectrum, and it just it never kind of got fully finished and it just didn't kind of cut through. And then we just revisited it, song. revisited it on uh, the next album. We were like, oh, what about that song? You know, and everyone listened to it and it just seemed to work. You know, and I think it always maybe was going to work, but we just didn't get it finished in time for the for the album that it was
0: actually written mm-hmm. for. Extremely fun song and that vibe that it's got on it's you know it's a little different I think than the rest of the record it's, it sets it apart. It's, like it's, it's actually got a bit of a touch of Uptown Girl in
4: there I think as well it's actually got a bit of a, going back to a Billy Joel kind of vibe um in there and it just kind of went that way naturally because the piano the guy that we wrote with Jamie Scott he he's great in the piano so he was just having fun on the piano and um, big grand piano in the studio and it was a bit like Billy Joel having fun when he's on stage so maybe it went down that route that route for that reason.
0: You know, talking about 25 years and um it, it, that also got me thinking about, like, the era that we've been in for the past few years with, like, K-pop's dominance. Do you all see any parallels from, you know, the, the world that you came from 25 years ago and what? Because I know it's sort of a different world, but there's got to be... S- some similarities the only
1: thing that we kind of look at is go look you know stick a load of guys in a band put them up on the stage singing love songs and people go crazy <laughs> <laughs> you know i think that's probably the similarity and i think you know for the rest of time that's going to happen and um, it just moves in different avenues different styles of music you know even when you look back at bon jovi i mean I'm sure they'd hate to think that they were a boy band, but they're in a kind of way they kind of were, you know. The Beatles, uh, the Beatles, exactly like you know. So, look at the end of the day, I think you know, popular music, pop music, as Shane said earlier on, love songs, things that we can all relate to, you know. I think that's what makes music good, right? It's stuff, it's it's emotion, and um, I think you know, if you can make a song that that touches people in whatever way it may be, if it makes them want to get up and dance, or if it makes them you know, just have that, you know, that butterfly feeling their, in their tummy. I think that's what it's all about. And that's what we try and do, you know, when we're, when we're, even when we're putting our set list together, it's like, you know, how's the flow of this, you know, it needs to, you know, hit you in the face when we first come out and then slow down. It needs to be the sing-along moment that, you know, you need to try and place all these moments throughout the show. So, um, yeah, you know, it, like, it, it, it's good fun kind of trying to figure it all out. But, you know, I
3: think it'll always be around. It lends itself then into the live shows because that's what we love to do. Um, and there's nothing like sitting down planning a tour and going out there because the tour, you can kind of, I don't know, express yourself even more. All the songs are being played together. People are paying good money. Um, you know, our, our aim is always to have people leave the the arenas and stadiums, whatever, in better form or moods than they first came in. Uh, You know, and we do try and do that with creatives and song choices. Uh, you know audio visuals everything costumes you name it and uh yeah brings it back to where we are with the tour coming up you know and we'll actually mid flow on the tour at the minute yeah
0: well you guys have become masters at it and seriously congratulations on the success of these shows and everything that you've been doing and the new record and i i hope that there's more records on the way down the line uh i'll be listening uh but seriously congrats guys and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it
4: Thank you. Great interview. Thanks a lot. Thanks, that mom. was really thanks, cool, man. Thank
0: you. And my thanks to Westlife touring North America in March of 2024. Uh Toronto, Boston, New York City, Chicago. Uh all on that tour. So thanks to Westlife, thanks to you. For checking out the episode, do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the uh, the whole series. Again, you'll get three new interviews sent to you every single week. New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcasts, at NPR, WFBK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org. So, I do a show Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classic tracks of the 70s, 80s, 90s. We got the best in the, the new music. And you get, uh, let's see, we celebrate some anniversaries there, are uh, lots of music news, bonus interviews. One of my recent shows, uh, I played the music of uh, The Staple Singers and The Doors, and Peebles, U2, Morrissey, Talking Heads, Sarah Barella, Shungudzo, The Last Dinner Party, Desiree, Joni Mitchell, Moby, Iron and Wine, Emily Sandé, Hoover Phonic, P.M. Don, Salt, Mike Doty, Michael Fronty, Fleetwood Mac, The Beach Boys, Queens of the Stone Age, The Foo Fighters, Prince, Killer Mike, and I had my interview with uh, Ellie Kemper, who you know from The Office or The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, that's just an example of what you get every weeknight at 6 p.m. when you listen to WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also find me in any of the social media spots. Uh, the address is always at Kyle Meredith. So, I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. You know what? If you stand back for a second, just stand back for a second. Let it relax and see if it doesn't stay Mm -hmm. for
3: a second. See,
2: not my first audio, guys. uh, Every time somebody stands in front of that window, it sort of changes because it starts picking up. Don't bring your hand any (laughs) further.
0: It's easy to hear your favourite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media.